Today, Greg and I are going to be speaking to Damien Davies from ServiceNow about his experiences surrounding mental and physical health while working remote. We also discuss the subsequent challenges and opportunities for organizations when it comes to tackling these issues alongside their employees. If you enjoy this episode, please like, share and comment on your chosen platforms. It really means a lot to us. And if you don't like the episode, that's absolutely fine. But let us know why and I'll see you in a few seconds. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of CX Insider. Uh, joining me today is Greg and Damien Dave. How are you doing, Damien? Hi, Louis. I'm doing good. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm not too bad, thanks. I'm not too bad. Uh, still getting used to working from home, despite it being six months along the line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a big change to the system. Just for our audience, would you be able to tell us a little bit about yourself and your story and how you came to be so passionate about mental health? specifically from the from the previous year yeah absolutely so yeah my name's Damien Davis um I work for a company called ServiceNow and for anyone that doesn't know the company um, we transform old manual ways of, of working into modern digital workflows we provide digital workflows for employees customers and IT so that people can get what they need when they need them fast and simple and easy I started my career with ServiceNow back in 2011, so I'm just celebrating over nine years um, with the company. And in terms of my passion for mental health, partly has been embraced, you know, by my employer. Um, obviously, as you mentioned, Louis, you know, we've been working from home for uh, a bulk of 2020 due to the pandemic, and the company has been really supportive on the well-being of its employees. Um, and I've been in really grateful, you know, support programs like employee assistance programs, um, development initiatives like Healthy Mind Toolkits, um, even, you know, throwing in perk allowances focused on physical and mental well-being. Um, I was a- actually able to secure myself an Apple Watch with my employee perk allowance. Wow. Um, but then having things like regular pulse surveys, monthly wellness check-in surveys, to ensure that the company gets ongoing feedback during all this time of uncertainty and change. And on a personal level, this was all really important to me in terms of the support I got from my employer, because very sadly, at the beginning of the year, I I actually lost my brother to suicide. um, And he'd been suffering with depression and anxiety for many years leading up to his tragic passing. Um, And and since his death, I've made it my personal mission to champion mental health awareness and uh, mental health well-being. And um, Damien, one thing I wanted to ask you about uh, yourself is is actually based on how we met. So we come here to to be on this podcast because several years ago you and I actually met on a flight <laughs> coming back. Yes, from, we did coming back from somewhere, and I think we you know we naturally got on. We talked about IT and we talked about traveling for work and things like that. Um, maybe uh, you know t- tell tell the audience a little bit about your experience in that world as well, because pre COVID and pre a lot of the lockdown we've seen this year. You are very much someone who's, who's travelled a huge amount with your career, um, and I think you know, uh, you know, that's obviously incredible, to, incredible to see. And I guess you look forward to somewhat returning to that maybe in the future. We'll we'll talk more about that later, but yeah, it might be good to talk about that. 
Yeah, sure. Like I say, Greg, we, we, we met on a flight and, and we hit it off. Um, just general passing conversation with a travel companion, right? And yeah. found out we had some common and mutual interests. You know, prior to the pandemic, I was probably averaging best part of 50 to 60 flights a year. Um, and I know that that might horrify some of your <laughs> listeners in terms of the, the carbon impact. But like you say, we can certainly talk about the benefits of not traveling. Um, and business travel can be a blessing and a curse um, all in one, right? I'm very fortunate in some ways that I've enjoyed some incredible experiences over the years um, that have been largely sponsored by business travel, where I've been all over the world and I've seen some cities and countries that perhaps I never would have had I not been in this line of work. Um, but at the same token, it comes at a cost to your work-life balance. And uh, you know, certainly I have a young family at home. And it wasn't necessarily until the pandemic struck and I was grounded like most other people mm. that I suddenly started to have a, a newfound appreciation for home life um, and some of the small everyday little things that would happen. Like, you know, my, my boys might just say something funny and I would think if I'd been away, I would have missed that. And, mm. and I started to appreciate that sometimes the small things on a daily basis far outweigh the the grander gestures on an occasional basis. So even though I was lucky to enjoy you know, business class travel, um, you know, some fine dining in, in restaurants and, and, you know, client entertainment and those kind of things that are quite accustomed to business travel. Actually, being at home with the family has, has really been a, a blessing for me. Amazing. And then I guess uh, from that dynamic of changing your life along with, with, with obviously, uh, you know, driven by, by COVID in particular, and of course, by, you know, the, the sad loss of your brother at the start of this, this year, you know, you've gone through a lot of change. What sort of things have you done to try and stay mentally strong and physically strong across this year in particular? Because I think that would be uh, an amazing uh, point to touch on. Yeah, sure. Well, you know, again, I made it a, a personal mission, if you will, to um, to try and really think about my own mental and physical health. And, and I've, you know, had some physical differences over the years, um, you know, gained weight, lost weight, like like many males um, of my age. Um, and for the record, I'm in my early 40s. And I think until I turn 45 in January, it still qualifies as early, right? Um, <laughs> um, but um, I took the opportunity during the lockdown to start running. I'm, I'm quite lucky. I live in a very rural area. On, on the edge of the Cotswolds and we've got a lot of outdoor space and I thought I'd take advantage of that. Um, so I actually started running during, um, the, you know, the, the beginning of the lockdown in March, actually using digital technology, using, you know, the app Strava, which I'm sure many of your listeners will be familiar with. Mm. I'm able to calculate, I, I've run nearly 1200 kilometers since March. Um, so, um, and, and I've knocked out a few 10 Ks, a couple of half marathons, and, and really started eating into some personal best times for those distances as well. So from a physical perspective, that that's really helped me. And, and the subsequent knock-on effect has been I've lost nearly two stones since March in weight, um, which was weight that had started to creep on, perhaps as a result of enjoying business travel and wine and meals too much. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely one of the downsides of traveling because you are, you are somewhat spoilt with where you eat and, and what you drink, that's for sure. Um, yeah. It's uh, it's so good to see, obviously, that that through just through something like running, you've been able to obviously physically, um, you know, feel better and things like that. What sort of knock-on effect did you did you really find that had on your mental well-being as well? Because I personally run, and I've loved running uh, like yourself for 
for, for a little bit of time now. And the knock-on effect physically is one thing, but how, to me, how it's affected me mentally has been quite quite astounding, really. I find new places of my personality on a regular basis when, I, when I'm doing long, hard runs. I don't know if you felt anything similar at all. Yeah, no, totally. And, you know, and being honest, obviously, after losing my brother, I started to do some research into, you know, promoting better mental health. And actually, one of the, the triggers that are, you know, um, documented by the research is that keeping active can actually, you know, boost our self-esteem. It helps with concentration, helps with sleep, just generally feeling better. And exercise keeps the brain and all of our other vital organs healthy. So, you know, physical activity is actually a significant benefit towards improving our mental health. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean everybody has to go out and be Mo Farrow or Bradley Wiggins, right? You know, and I know a lot of people went out and bought bikes at the start of lockdown, as well as going out and buying new running shoes. Um, You know, for some people, maybe running and cycling isn't an option, but you can still go outside for a walk. Um, And I think that's important for uh, many of us who are working from home is the importance of taking a break. You know, having a change of scenery or a change of pace that can also be really good for our mental health. And it could just be a five minute pause from, you know, your your screen by going and washing up your coffee cup or or taking a walk around the block. Um, Just a few minutes that can be enough to sort of de-stress you and give yourself some me time. Mm. Um, so, uh, you know, you don't have to do vigorous and active exercise, although there are clear benefits, mm. but actually sometimes just something as simple as taking a walk and taking a break from our screens can be really beneficial as well. And I guess what you're doing yeah. there is, uh, you're proactively trying to avoid those triggers, right? You're trying proactively trying to implement small, relatively simple things into your day to avoid those triggers of high stress and high, maybe anxiety or other, other emotions from actually occurring, which I, I really like. Yeah, no, absolutely. Fantastic. Um, and, and as a as a you know a busy working individual like yourself, you know, with a with a considerable career, you know, that you're having to juggle as well with family life and and everything else. Um, how do you find the idea of working smart versus working hard? Has your perspective changed at all since lockdown? Have you got maybe a new priority in that respect, or? Yeah, just what your thoughts on working in maybe printing yeah. more efficiently. Again, I think um, everything sort of blended into one during March and April. Um, I think it's been widely spoken about that April was the longest month of this year with 117 days in it, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and um, I think that in those very early days of the UK lockdown, many people were leveraging work technologies for their personal lives as well. We were seeing virtual pub quizzes using Zoom and Teams, right? And this could really help us stay connected socially but actually all of a sudden everything became this big blended blur and it just felt like it was 24 7 in front of a a computer screen um and by the end of april i know i certainly had zoom fatigue um, and i never wanted to do another virtual pub quiz ever again and so i think that i learned a personal lesson that you need to have some clear boundaries between work and home Mm. and that includes technology and whether it's your your computer device or even a mobile device and and let's be honest many of us can still work from our mobile phones with email and and modern technologies like slack zoom teams etc and other workflow tools so i think it's really good idea to try and structure our days again personally you, you mentioned about working smarter rather than harder i found that obviously with reduced commutes there was suddenly 
not necessarily an expectation, but just a habit of being online and available more mm. because we weren't commuting. We were working longer hours. And I certainly did see an increase in meeting invitations and requests. And I started to push back unless there was a structured agenda that really was clear on the expectations of my participation in the meeting and, and you know what the agenda and the goals were, then I started declining meeting requests. And, and I found that Actually, this was, um, you know, it was an acceptable thing to do. And people were like, oh, yeah, OK, it helped us rethink, you know, maybe this person doesn't need to be on this meeting. And, uh, you know, years ago, there was the joke or even maybe not as far as years ago, you know, we'd have a meeting to discuss a meeting or a preparation <laughs> meeting to discuss a meeting. And, uh, yeah. you know, I think that perhaps this modern way of working is actually hopefully <laughs> allowed us to figure out we don't necessarily need to have meetings about meetings. We can start planning and structuring our day much more effectively and efficiently. Absolutely. Definitely. That structure is so important to consider when you're working from home, especially like, especially for me, I found working in 25-minute intervals, I believe it's called the pom uh, Pomodoro technique. And then like you said earlier, in those breaks, making sure I'm spending five to 10 minutes just either going on a walk or away from my computer. And that's what works for me. And there's many different techniques I've heard people using that have worked. Have you heard of many other time management structures that people have been using in lockdown or when they're working from home that has worked? Yeah, not with such exquisite terminology, Louis, <laughs> but um, <laughs> certainly, certainly, yeah, doing, you know, reducing half hour meetings to 25 minutes, reducing hour long meetings to 45 or 50 minutes so that you can then try and avoid the back to back meetings. Um, because I think we've all done it where you've done one meeting, you drop off a Zoom session or a team session straight on to another meeting. It doesn't give you any downtime between the meetings to contextually switch on the context of, you know, the audience, the agenda, the goals. Um, and you, you might be having a strategic meeting with a customer and then have to drop off immediately to then go and do something that's process driven or even, you know, if you're a people manager, something to do with, you know, people process technologies, um, HR driven and not having any gaps between those meetings, I think, can actually have a negative effect on productivity. So by enabling the, the gaps between those back to back meetings and you mentioned that te that terminology there about reducing it to 25 minutes or maybe 45 minutes for a long session surely that has to be a better way um for not just for mental health but for making people more productive and effective with their work yeah it's definitely yeah definitely important to um separate different tasks have a little break in between and just reset it's something that was quite easy to do in in the office because you would physically leave the meeting room and go back to your desk and have that separation between meetings but that's not really possible when you're working from home exactly have you seen many other benefits to the working from home environment? Yes. That has, other than your <laughs> decline in your carbon footprint? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I think it's worth talking about challenges and benefits yeah. because, you know, challenges of working remotely are that, you know, leaders, execs, managers can often, you know, historically there was a bit of a stigma to working from home. It was like, you know, oh, he's working from home today in, in inverted commas and we can all even picture ourselves doing the, the two fingered up and down, you know, making that signal with our inverted commas, because there was perhaps this nuance of people were just calling it a work from home day to, to go and tackle some personal items. Of course, that, that's completely changed. But execs, managers, leaders were worried about delays in productivity or service delivery. 
And then, of course, employees are concerned about reduced collaboration between teams, between business units, you know, other people within the organization. Those are some of the challenges. But I, I personally feel they are far outweighed by the benefits, you know, enjoying that time safe from not commuting or traveling, having a better life work, you know, better work life balance. I think that's certainly something I've noticed. Um, I've heard it from my fellow co-workers and, and through my professional network. You know, on social media, I've certainly seen examples of where people have, um, you know, enjoyed better work-life balance as a result of this work remote and and kind of, you know, greater flexibility managing those personal responsibilities. You know, we've talked about being able to step away for a walk for some good mental health, but actually, you know, what if you do have a, a personal chore come up? And, you know, and again, I, I go back to the example of early lockdown where many of us were with families were homeschooling because the schools were closed as well. Um, and my personal example, before I'd even constructed a home office, I was working in the kitchen. My wife was homeschooling my oldest son um, and, you know, in between meetings, but having the flexibility to leave a meeting, have a gap in your schedule and go and look after, you know, a, a personal responsibility. I think that that's been really beneficial. I, I've certainly noticed that. And subsequently, uh, my wife and I moved our, our two young boys into a, a bedroom together. They were of an age where they can share bunk beds and we converted our small bedroom in, into what is now my home office and I think you know added to those challenges and benefits I've just spoken about this has enabled me to be more effective with some clear boundaries into you know what is working from home and what is personal life from home. Absolutely and in regards to your family time I, I can't exactly comment on this because I, I'm not married and I don't have children but the ability to work from home has has it allowed you to develop like more emotional uh, well-being with your family that has carried over into your work, would you say? Yeah, 100%. Like I said to, to Greg a little earlier, um, you know, sometimes um, it's the small things on a daily basis. You know, it could be my son running into the office saying, Daddy, look at this Lego model I've built or, you know, even at home time when the boys come home from school. You know, I, I'm normally towards the end of my business day wrapping up. Um, sometimes I'll, I'll be working late, you know, with colleagues from the US, but having them come in and say, oh, this is what I did at school today. Um, that, you know, being here and, and having that experience firsthand, whereas previously I'd have been away, would have maybe been limited to a five minute Skype call or FaceTime call. Um, so there's definitely been a, a benefit for me personally with closer connection to the family from being at home. And this this might sound a bit off topic, but in a previous episode, we, we spoke about employees being agile and how they can work. And I think in the future, employees are going to be looking for the ability to work from home or in the office and be as productive. And that might become a criteria in interviews in the recruitment process. Um, but what do you think, Greg? Do you think that it's going to be a primary focus of, of firms to look at individuals who are, who are agile enough to work? from home and from the office yeah i think uh just just been speaking to the people that i i know that work from home i think we've definitely seen a cycle of you know everyone was really excited to work from home to start with then eventually people did get sick of it and say actually i missed the office and then some people went back to the office and said no i want to be back at home and i think i think life is is always about balance i think which is what damien you're sort of commenting on here 
And I think most people will want an element of, of working in and amongst people. It may be an office environment or some sort of environment like that, and also working from home. Yep. I personally, I personally think the the changes we've seen in 2020 in particular in terms of that shift to more remote working working from home i think that's going to remain indefinitely moving forward bigger to get your ideas on that damien because obviously you work for a large multinational organization (laughs) and you know uh, for, for you and your teams you know what's the general consensus or general thinking about that do you think this longer term working from home is is here to stay is it I, I do yeah, yeah. I, I think you know we, we've heard buzzwords like digital transformation mm. um, and that's effectively an enabler right it is definitely accelerated um, but there's still lots of runway left you know we, you know in my line of work we've spoken to executives who admit that they're still working with some offline workflows processes and and it's impacting you know their ability to to scale um, to keep the lights on you know and some there are some people that have low confidence that departments can adapt and implement all this new way of working. But the general consensus is it's not just remote working versus a return to the workplace. This is, we're in an era of an entirely new way of working. You know, you've got to remember that this is, you know, pretty much most of this year. It's been since middle of March that people have generally been working from home um, from certainly in the technology industry. Mm-hmm. I'd say there are many industries that uh, have had remote workers and their employees love the flexibility that remote work gives them or the flexible scheduling we've just spoke about. And employees don't want to give that up. I think they've proved after six to eight months that they can do their work effectively. And where they work for a company or an employer that does measure them on productivity, mm. and they've shown now that they've been able to do this remotely, you know, it means that that return to the workplace is less essential. I think even though we will see people shift to going back to the office for the benefits like collaborating. And, you know, not everyone has had the luxury of, of having a, a dedicated home office. There are still people, uh, you know, some people in large cities in small apartments have literally been working, you know, perhaps with, you know, pets and, and families on, on top of them and probably can't wait to get back into the office. Mm. There's going to be people with different attitudes towards it. But I think as a whole, I think we, we'll definitely see an industry trend um, you know, shifting towards flexibility. And I, um, you know, for people like myself, I'll, I'll never go back to doing 60 flights a year. You know, I, I'd still quite like to go and travel occasionally. Um, I think that there's definitely some advantages to, to networking and to face-to-face interaction. Um, but having now personally, you know, done what I do remotely and digitally for the last six to eight months, I can't foresee me ever going back to how it was pre-COVID. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. And unfortunately, we're running out of time, but we usually ask all our guests a very similar question at the end of our episodes, Damien. And if you could speak to digital transformation or business leaders right now, what advice would you give to them? about supporting the mental health of their employees. Earlier, we were talking about using surveys and flexible scheduling and communication. What would what would your thoughts on that be? Yeah, I'd, I'd say just, you know, be supportive. Listening is, is very important. We spoke about so- surveys and, you know, I, I've certainly been very fortunate to have the opportunity to complete those surveys as an employee. 
But my advice to any business leader or company is, yeah, listen to your employees. You know, it is a time of uncertainty and change. Um, you know, so you know, focus on physical, mental well-being, personal development, just checking in on how people are feeling. Um, but embracing culture, belonging groups, uh, you know, promote, promoting diversity, creating inclusion and belonging, supporting initiatives like Pride, Black Lives Matters, Women in Tech, all of these various initiatives that bring people together, regardless of background, race, age, you know, gender, etc. That can really create a culture that promotes good well-being. And, you know, obviously there are a whole heap of programs, initiatives that the HR department can, can provide for their employees to make sure that people know where to get the information they need during any times of uncertainty. Perfect. I definitely agree with all of that. And also just the matter of keeping in contact with your employees and your and your colleagues. Just like I found it very valuable just to speak on a video call more often than just audio. It's quite nice to see another person's face instead of just audio calls, which I got in a bad habit of doing. Yeah, I think um, there's definitely a balance to be struck there. Sometimes it can feel unnatural if you see yourself on screen, um, you know, when you're having a conversation, you think about physical contact, we wouldn't necessarily see ourselves on a screen and using technologies like Zoom, Slack, Teams, sometimes it can be a bit unnatural with yourself as one of those video people. But definitely, there's advantages to bringing it closer as a personal experience, you know, when we are forced to be apart, um, those video connections can certainly be more personal. But again, you know, it, it, it's balancing screen time. I think there's definitely opportunities for audio only. If you need to take a call, but you want to take some time away from your desk, throw your headphones on, stick your AirPods in, go for a walk around the block and take the call while you're doing your walk. So I think balance is absolutely key there. Mm, absolutely. There's a lot to balance at the moment as well. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Greg, do you have anything else to add? No, it, did, it just seemed like it was a really w great way to end the conversation there because I think balance seems to be the a continuous uh, thing that we've, we've heard through this this chat today. So, yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, I appreciate, um, Damien, you taking the time just to share, you know, your ideas and your tips based on, your, obviously, your personal experiences. And, and hopefully the, the audience, I'm sure, have got a lot of value from that. So, really, thank you for, for taking the time to be on the podcast. No, thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate talking to you both. And if, you, if anybody would like to contact Damien about any of these, these uh, problems or issues discussed, uh, we will link his, his details in the description. Uh, thank you very much for joining us, Damien. It's been a pleasure. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks.